Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? It's Move the Sticks. I'm Bucky Brooks. I'm here with Lancey, and we are recapping all the events that are taking place at the NFL Scouting Combine. On Friday, we had an opportunity to look at the best athletes on the field, the decathletes, as I like to call them. The defensive backs put on a show. They came and showed up and showed out. And then the tight ends also made an appearance and kind of put their talent on display. Lance Z, just give me your initial thoughts on what you saw on Friday night. Well, we saw some, I thought it was interesting because there was a difference sometimes between speed and field work. I thought Terry and Arnold, you know, honestly, I thought on tape he was about a 4.48 guy. He ran a 4.50. And in this day and age, it seems like with DBs, you run a 4.50, people are ready to just throw you in the garbage bin. But um, but that's really not the case. I mean, this guy plays extremely fast. He's He's a very sticky cover guy. And when you looked at the rest of his testing, you look at his field testing, Bucky, that's why you could say a 4-5-0. Okay, well, he jumped 37. He had a 10-9 broad jump. And then his work in the field with the way that he changed the direction. And I don't know I don't know about you, but I think DB field work is some of the most um, – some of the most um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Expressive of, of what I'm looking for. Um, in a prospect, I get to see hips. I get to see change of direction quickness. I get to see those guys that can plant and go, you know, where the feet hit and it's, it's back the other way. And Terry and Arnold, Arnold had all that. So the four five Oh, to me, doesn't really matter as much with a guy like Terry and Arnold because the, the rest of the work was, was so good. So sometimes you have to balance, you know, similarly, I saw guys run really fast and I don't think can really play. So you got to oh, balance yeah. the whole package, but there were some really impressive testers out there, and there's some guys jumping long. I, we're seeing some broad jumps. Tyler Owens hit a 12-12 in broad jump. That's one inch mm-hmm. off the off of Byron Jones's combine record, which everyone likes to proclaim as the world record, since I don't know how often you do broad jumps around the world. But um, Nate Wiggins running a 4-2-9, 
man, there were some guys every year, Bucky, there's guys that just really, really pop with individual stuff. And you just think, man, the, the league is so athletic right now. So unbelievably athletic. Yeah, the league is athletic. And uh, Lance, you are right. I do believe that the defensive back drills that are uh, done in Indianapolis are the ones that correlate the most to how guys perform, meaning the break and drive, the turn and transition, turns and transitions, being able to watch how people kind of get in and out of their breaks. All of that stuff matters because when you're playing on the island, those are the things that you have to be able to execute. You have to be able to do it in split set, split second fashion while also having the balance, the body control and doing that. Uh, and Arnold, you talk about like people talk about 450, but for me, as it comes back, I think 450 is plenty fast enough because you got to yeah. remember the guys who like, and I'm not saying this, this is relative, guys who are slower but are technically sound actually play better because they understand how to cut off people at different angles. They understand how to play top-down coverage. They keep things in front. They really understand their limitations. And a guy like Arnold, his fundamentals will mask whatever physical deficiencies he may have if he's facing a superior athlete on the other side. Uh, knowing how Alabama has consistently churned out DBs, I'm good with Terry and Arnold. He's exactly what I thought he would be when I watched him. Uh, I love the humility that he displayed when he talked to Stacey Dales afterward. To me, he's CB1, and I'm very, very confident that he's going to be an outstanding player at the next level. Yeah, I thought that I thought that was really impactful. And if he's doing that with Stacey Dale, and it feels real, it felt authentic, it didn't feel like a put-on for the camera, you can just imagine, Bucky, if we're seeing that, you can imagine what the teams are seeing. And and those interviews with teams that we have no access to in terms of publicly, uh, but you'll talk to, to guys, Bucky, and I'll talk to guys, those interviews with teams are are huge. They're huge because they're figuring out who you are as a person, who you are as a competitor. And I think when he's his authentic self, which we saw yesterday, that's going to be impressive to a team. That's a guy who, you know, screams football character and personal character. So I don't know. him. I mean, we can all make judgments, mm -hmm. positive and negative about a guy based on little snippets off TV. But I'm telling you, from what I did see, he looks like the kind of guy you want in the locker room. He absolutely looks like the kind of guy that you want in the locker room. And at a time where it is really apparent, people talk about culture. Chemistry, connectivity, all that stuff is the most important part of it. And a big part of what you're trying to assess when you're in Indianapolis, how would this guy fit into my locker room? I am confident right. that Tyrion Arnold can fit into any locker room because he's wired the right way, he has the right stuff, and he's been really well-schooled during his time at Alabama. But let's talk about your guy that, that really kind of set the world on fire with his 40 time, and that's Nate Wiggins from Clemson. Anytime you see people run into four twos, it's eye-catching, right? Uh, 429, 40, 36-inch vertical. Uh, you saw all of those things that you wanted to see when it came to the straight line speed. The issue that I will have, and I am a fan of him, uh, he's 173 pounds. Yeah. 173 pounds is super light um, when you think about it. Uh, he's fast and all that other stuff, but now it speaks to why some of the physicality and stuff doesn't show up on tape. He is light, and I just read this online if if he is so there have been 16 defensive backs since 2003 to weigh 175 pounds or less at the combine entering this year only one has been drafted before the third round that would be a manual so he has a lot of things working against him because everyone will talk about the speed and all of that but man when you're 175 pounds, you can be a liability in the running game 
And he is, Bucky, he is. Like, he's not a tough run defender, and you know why. Do you want, you know, I don't know if I want him to be. I mean, I, I want him to be competitive. I don't want him to be stupid with how he tackles because I need him in the game. And and uh, it's, a, it's a problem. I'm looking through the list right now. DJ James, 175. And this dude can cover. He is a good football player. Uh, Carlton Johnson, Fresno State, 173. I haven't seen – let me see Abrams drain. Yeah, there he is, 179. And he's a really talented cover guy too. Um, it's It was an unusual – I knew this going in, and sure enough, it's the case as well. Starting last year, we got Kalijah Kansi, very small defensive tackle. I love him, and he's disruptive, uh, but very small. He's an outlier. Bryce Young, outlier quarterback. Emmanuel Forbes, this dude is 30 pounds lighter than Bryce Young, who's tiny. And he gets right. drafted in the first round, and, 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 and I guess he didn't have a great year uh, this year. I don't know. I was talking to, to somebody on the staff who watched more pro football than I did, but we're really being tested in the league right now, Bucky. These teams are having to figure out, okay, Tank Dell's 163, but, man, he can really go. Xavier Worthy's whatever he's going to weigh in it, I'm sure in the 160s, but, man, he can go. How are they going to balance this new outlier size, which is low-end size, than what we've seen historically with what works, Bucky? It just teams look at the history. You just cited something. You look at the history, and if the history doesn't match, Teams have a hard time getting past uh, the history of failure with certain outlier weights and sizes and lengths. Okay, so let's talk about Tank Dale. Like, Tank Dale was the, the, was the rage of the league. He was the buzz. Everyone was excited about him. How did he finish the season? Unfortunately for him, he finished on IR. So for the yep. naysayers, practice, the guys who don't like to deviate away from the prototypes, they'd be like, yeah, hey, that's great. He gave us that for like seven or eight games, but he couldn't finish the year. The durability. They'll also look at like Bryce Young and how Bryce Young appeared to be beat up by the end of the season. Those things. Look, I'm comfortable that there are a lot of people in the league, um, whether it's the Chris Ballards or the Elliot Wolfs or the, the guys that come from that Green Bay tree who tend to not deviate from the prototypes. There are a lot of guys that will acknowledge, hey man, he's a really good player. He's just not a good, he's not a player for us. We just kind of tend to stick to the odds and the odds suggest that somebody up at odds, they're just going to have some issues when they get into the National Football League. Yeah. And they always say, look, it's an exception, right? You have exceptions that you'll make if you're elite in other areas. And you can make that argument for for Nate Wiggins. Um, but the old saying, Bucky, and you know it, once you make too many exceptions, you got a team full of exceptions, you're on the way mm -hmm. out. <laughs> because a team full of exceptions, uh, they end up being a team that cannot hold up physically, a team that doesn't hold up speed-wise, a team that doesn't hold up size-wise. And so while while a team may make an exception here or there for a player, it's rarely in the first round. Rarely are you going to make an exception in the first round. And when you do, we saw two of them. Bryce Young at one over C.J. Stroud, which, you know, people are trying to rewrite history. That was the common – there wasn't a lot of people who said C.J. Stroud over Bryce. That was not – I know everyone wants oh, to act like – the rewriting is crazy now, Bucky. It, it, it's funny how that is now. Like now all of a sudden we got all these uh, – these C.J. Stroud fans that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, we we knew. Really? Like, we were talking and celebrating about Bryce Young as if he was the generational talent and stuff like that. And that's that's yeah. another conversation. But you are right. People try and rewrite history. And so the one yeah. thing, when you try and take um, a flyer on those outliers, look, man, you put yourself uh, you put yourself squarely in the crosshairs. Uh, give me somebody else who stood out to you. Uh, oh, how, let's talk about Quinion Mitchell. Ooh. Stepping up. And showing out. And I'm so silly, right? Because I did go with Tyler Owens as like the fastest man. I'm like, 
or whatever. We knew Quinion Mitchell would go. I was trying to get another name in, but uh, he was as advertised. Uh, when you think about what he did, four three three forty time, uh, smooth and fluid in drills. We knew he was going to do that after watching him at the Senior Bowl. Six foot, one hundred ninety five pounds. Uh, can play off, can play press, has all the other stuff. So now, as we go down the line, right, we go down the list of things that you need to do to be a high end prospect. Game tape needs to be exceptional. Check. Uh, All star performance needs to be uh, one where you can see him be a dog or a dominant competitor. Check. Combine workout fast enough, explosive enough, looks like he's a polished player in drills. Check. And Quinnian Mitchell is making a case to uh, challenge. Terry Arnold, even though Terry Arnold is my guy, Quinian Mitchell is certainly making a case to challenge him. He's six foot and an eight. He's 195. Okay, that's NFL size. The length is not great. It's 31 inches. It's okay. 31's not going to kill him. You'd love to have 32 plus, but the, the measurables check out. The attitude and physicality checks out. Bucky, you talked about tape and all-star game. Checks out. And then you have speed. Yep. Explosion. Yep. I think his scheme. I, I had questions about whether or not he could he could continue to 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 you know run with press and how he would play from press. He answered all those at Senior Bowl. I don't see a lot of weaknesses here. Like honestly, it's hard to, for me to find. I mean, I got to go back to my notes and see what I don't like about him. But I remember watching him, and I didn't give him as high a grade because I watched him so early. I'm like, dang, this guy is good, but. Mm-hmm. I don't want to jump out with a high grade. I'm, I'm watching him in November. So I'm like, I, I don't really have him stacked. Like, my mind's not calibrated to exactly where my grades need to be. So I had a 62 on him, which is an average starter. But I already, in my heart, I'm like, this guy's way better than that. But I'm just going to sit conservatively and I'll adjust as I see him. Man, the longer and longer time has gone on, I really do think Terry and Arnold and, and Quinya Mitchell, are, I think it's going to be a scrap for number one. I really do. Oh, and those two guys are kind of yeah. separating. Because Nate is fast, but he's small, and he didn't even finish his workouts. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's slender, didn't like, finish so this, his workout. So, so think about that. Man, we love him, but guess what? He finished the workout on the sideline. That's what the concern is going to be. Man, he's a great athlete, but how many times are we going to see him play? And it's one thing to talk about a Denzel Ward who was light, but he ain't that light. You know what no. I mean? So it's, it's a different thing. Typically, man, you go bigger is better. And when you think about the numbers, because the, the, the athleticism and stuff is comparable, uh, six foot 195 running 433, that's a big difference than uh, 173, 173 pounds running 429. It's talking about 400 of a second. I, I think a guy that's going to be interesting here is Ennis Rakestraw. You know, everyone's putting him in the first round. I've done the same thing. I think he's more of a second round player, but corners get pushed up, O linemen get pushed up. Um, I don't know. He checked into 5'11 and 3'8. That's fine. You know, we're, we're real close to 600. 183. That's on the light side. I know he's not in the 170s, but that is on the light side at 183. He ran a 4'5'1 with a 154 uh, split, which is okay. Broad jump 10 foot. 10 foot's okay, but you, you see some of the other mm-hmm. explosive numbers. He's on the bottom half of the explosion numbers from a broad jump with some of these other DBs. I think that four five one paired with an average broad and weight at one eighty three could get him in a little bit of trouble here, Buck. Oh, without question. Yeah, I think it can get him in a little it get him in a little trouble because you don't have the attributes that you're quote unquote looking for. Good player. Um yeah. you see all the stuff on tape and you and you and you like it, but man, the four five one, the other stuff, like five foot eleven, I, I look, I, I don't know if he's a top twenty. People talk about how feisty and physical and stuff he is. 
Um, I think the difference between like Rakeshaw and Arnold to me is I just saw a guy that is more polished, has played at a higher level throughout his time. He's borderline though because I think he's a really good player. Um, but it will be interesting to see how they separate those guys kind of hanging on that list. I want to I want to bring up a couple more guys to you, Bucky, that were interesting in DBs, if we're going to stick with DBs for a second. Um, Nehemiah Pritchett from Auburn. This guy's interesting to me on tape. He's six foot and one eight, but he looks even taller than that. Um, he's 31 and five eighths arm, which is not crazy. But something about this guy, man, he is just – and he's 190 pounds. He looks, he's an angular build. He looks a lot longer than the measurables. He ran a 4.3640, which is blazing with a 1.4910. So a 10 yard split. So what we're saying is not only does he have catch up speed, he gets to his catch up speed real fast. And then mm-hmm. his uh, broad jump was a, a 34 and a half, which is, I mean, I'm sorry, his vertical is 34 and a half, which is, which is pretty good. But he's a, he's a classic press corner from Auburn who has speed to either keep up with you or run you down if he gets behind. I think he really – not a lot of people are talking about Nehemiah Pritchard, but he's a good football player. I think he really helped himself out yesterday quite a bit. And then uh, the other guy that kind of stood out was, for the from a testing standpoint, was Max Melton from mm-hmm. uh, from Rutgers. And, Buck, I know you weren't at the uh, – I think you were at uh, East-West. You didn't go to Senior Bowl. Yeah. Man, this guy is super competitive, super feisty. Everything about him is he's trying to he's trying to compete. He's five eleven. He's one hundred eighty seven pounds, which is good. He's got good arm length over thirty two. I think he's going to play for the slot. But he was a four three nine forty yesterday. Jumped forty and a half inches and had a, a, a broad, as you know, Bucky. This is a big time broad, eleven feet four inches. So he showed the explosiveness in the hips, which also correlated. You you talk about that a lot with the correlation of the forty time, which is a four three nine. He had a good. Uh, he had good speed. He's a competitor. I thought he really mm-hmm. – he, he didn't always win at the Senior Bowl. He had his, he took his losses, but he had some Ws too. That's a guy that when you test like that, I guarantee you, you go in a stack of cornerbacks where you like them all kind of the same, all of a sudden he's in a four threes and he jumped 40. That's the kind of thing that can get you pushed up at the top of the stack. And that could be the difference in you know, 14, 15, 20 blots in the draft. That's more money, and it's just – you know, more prominence being drafted earlier. Yeah, look, great athlete. Uh, you talked about him being a feisty competitor and how he kind of performed down at the Senior Bowl, but I'm looking at these numbers. I know he's 5'11", 187, but 49, 40, 40 and a half inch vertical, 11 for broad jump. That tells you right there he's an explosive athlete. When you think about, like, the ball skills and just how he performed at the Senior Bowl and the regular season, you talk about a day two pick. You talk about the second round kind of being the sweet spot for cornerbacks and those things. Max Melton, come on down. He's now in the day two conversation, you know? Yeah, it has to be because because of that. Uh, from a safety standpoint, you know, oh, so one thing that stood out on on watching uh, in person with the DBs, okay, so they don't have the same – let's talk about this for a second. They don't have all the quarterbacks throwing. So usually there's a bunch of quarterbacks, and they're all throwing, uh, they're all throwing the gauntlet. And they're throwing some yep. piss missiles at these guys, just show – there's always somebody who just has to just bang, just line them up. Yeah. And you see wide receivers and, and DBs have a hard time catching it. That was not the case. There were a lot of scouts throwing, and it was accurate, but it was also very, very easy catchable balls. Um, I'm going through thinking, man, these are the this these are the best ball skills I've ever seen from corners 
and safeties. And I think it is. Like, I think it's a combination of that. And also, you don't have quarterbacks that are really testing, you know, the DBs. Would you mm-hmm. rather see them tested with some with some hot shots? Because we didn't see that yesterday. We, we didn't see drops hardly at all. Would you rather, as a as an evaluator, Bucky, see some quarterbacks out there trying to light them up? Because everything's not going to be soft and fluffy into your hands. You're going to have to deal with some, some fastballs, too. Well, I think what that point that you just made about this being the best uh, set of ball skills and, and hands that we've seen from a group of DBs, I, look, I, I agree with you. When you go and you look at the numbers, you know, as we're doing the, the, the profiles, we always dig into the numbers because you want to, like, when I make notes on, on players, I put, hey, what's their ball production? What is their ball production? And I'm seeing double-digit interceptions for, for almost everybody. And yeah. that's uncommon because some guys, some classes, man, you see a bunch of breakups, but not a lot of interceptions. But like the safety class in particular, everybody near double, over double digits in terms of sack, in terms of interception production. Tyler Newbin and Cameron Kitchens and all these guys can catch. The 707 culture has finally caught up where it's producing more skilled players entering the league. The fact that these guys have been backpedaling and covering and playing in these 707 tournaments since they're like, 10, 11, 12, they're just more skilled when it comes to catching the ball and doing those things. So even though they were basically catching soft toss from the scouts, you yeah. still get an opportunity to evaluate their hand-eye coordination. And for a lot of guys, it was, it was look, it was solid, even though they weren't catching the balls from a collegiate-level quarterback. Yeah. Um, going into some of the safety, talking about, Bucky, we may be in the middle of white boy winter right now. We got Cole yeah. Bishop from – Cole Bishop mm-hmm. from Utah running a four four five, jumping thirty nine inches, and a broad jump of ten four. You got my man Cooper Dijon, who is he did not work out. Obviously, he's injured. I think Lab McConkey's going to run fast. I don't know, Bucky. It might be White Boy Winter, but we'll find out. But uh, no, I think that uh, Cole had a really good work. I thought he looked great in the. Not only did he test well, he worked. He looked really good in the field. And you know, there's so many. There's a 200 pounds is not a standard safety weight anymore. There's a lot of 190 pound safeties. Cole Bishop running a 445, and he's very well built, short arms, but 6'2, 205. You know, I don't want to, like, I want to make this point. I know everyone loves the ball skills and the range, and, and we all love that. But NFL teams sure do love to see a guy who's built like a grown man. You know, six, Dominique Hampton from Washington, 6'2, mm-hmm. 215. 33 and, and and a quarter arms like that still matters to teams when they can get their hands on a really good athlete with size. A lot of times they'll take that over a really good athlete that's smaller. Yeah, because here's the other thing. Special teams comes into play. Like when we're talking about it, we always tend to talk about like position as the offensive player, defensive player. When could he be a starting those things? But when you're working for a team and you got to look at everything, uh, we got to look at all three phases. How can we get this guy into the mix? When you're 6'2", well over 200 pounds, you run 4'4", four, 4'5", four, just think about what he can do on your kickoff coverage team and your punt coverage team. And even though they're talking about changing the kickoff, yeah. we're going to have more opportunities to have to kick in, in space. Well, he is he's going to be in the conversation. 6'2", 206, running that that fast? Oh, yeah, like you, you're going to take an opportunity, take a chance yeah. on him. Look at the tape. Like, I mean, just a very solid athlete. I mean, now we're talking about like, um, cracking the code day two, day three, like right on that borderline. He's a good player. Okay, so what are you doing with a guy like Jalen Simpson? This is a good football player. He's an Auburn, but Auburn for whatever reason had the skinniest DBs in the in the game this year. 
Uh, well, Pritchett is 190. That's good. But DJ James is in a 170, who's a really good player. Jalen Simpson, who's kind of a nickel safety. He can play all over the place. He's 5'11", 179. But, man, he ran a 4'5". Four, uh, four, he jumped 39 and a half with an 11-1 broad. So the explosion numbers are great. But obviously, he can't play standard safety at 179 pounds. That's not going to happen. So, no. you know, I guess you have to make sure that he has enough cover to 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 play some type of nickel or even play outside a corner. Because if you can't, what do you do with a guy like that, Bucky, at 179 pounds? And see, and this is why, like, what you want to do when you're evaluating, you want to put your pen down before you go to the combine. Because the conversation that you're having, you don't want his workout to influence how you now suddenly evaluate him. You talked about he's kind of a man without a position. He's not quite uh, fluid enough to go inside and play the nickel. Uh, he's not big enough and sturdy enough to play safety. So what do you end up having? He is going to have to really work diligently on getting his, his, his stuff in order in terms of his athleticism, his turns, transitions, and those things. And he's going to have to be able to tackle. 179 pounds is light. You can't put him out there because they're going to run right at him. And so you have to be confident enough that he can come in as a developmental prospect and maybe learn how to be a nickel or dime defender um, in your scheme. Yeah, these things all matter. That's why the combine does matter. It's not just underwear Olympics, as, as people like to call it. I mean, there are certain questions that arise, and then if a guy's good enough, you got to have a conversation with your defensive coordinator about how do you how do you think we can use him? What can we do defensively? What are his limitations? Can we play him on special teams? You have to talk to special teams coaches. These are all conversations. Uh, that need to take place. I do want to mention the freak show because you mentioned him earlier, Tyler Owens from Texas Tech. He may have run the fastest time. I, I saw somewhere where they had a they had an over under on his speed as a four three zero. So I don't know what he's got in his background, but he's got some juice in his background, and he is six foot. This is why you got to pay attention to this guy on tape. I watched him. He keys and fills like a linebacker. Um, he doesn't have the greatest angles to the ball. Like he's still, he has played a lot of football. He's a five-star recruit at University of Texas, transferred over to Texas Tech. He hasn't played a ton of football, but he's got really, really rare traits. I mean, rare. Six, two, and three eighths, 216 pounds. He's got arms that are almost 33 and a half inches, which is a six, seven wingspan bucky. He didn't run because he hurt himself on his run, but he was going to run likely in the four threes, the low four fours at that size. And then he had a 41-inch vertical and a 12-2 broad. Like, we use the word elite a lot. This is extraordinarily elite size, speed, explosion potential. And I know he hasn't played a lot, and I know the football is a little bit uh, bumpy, but Bucky, guys like that, teams may not draft him in the first two rounds, but all of a sudden, the back end of the third and certainly into the fourth, they get real frisky with these kind of type of freak daddies. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you just don't find guys of that. I mean, look, you just talk about that size and speed combination, just a perfect athlete when it comes to it. I can't underscore it enough. I'm going to keep emphasizing special teams plays a huge role in some of these evaluations. When you can get a guy like that, you know he can be a core special teamer because he's so fast and so dynamic, so athletic. Uh, it just gives you a chance to do a lot of stuff with him. Um, I, I think his pro day, his positional workout at the pro day, at the pro day is going to be really, really impactful because people are going to see what can we really do with him? How much can he really factor into the passing game? Is he someone that maybe we use as kind of like a hybrid player that's like a sub linebacker that fits and feels those things? 
but his athleticism, it pops and it's going to give him an opportunity to come off the board probably sooner than maybe his, his, his playing, his, his game tape and his production suggests. And we'll get to the tight ends next and we'll, uh, we'll get ready for day three. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, so now we're back. Uh, move the sticks. We, we, we talked about all the DBs and those things, but let's talk about the guys who are really impacting the passing game in a major way at the National Football League level. After watching Sam Laporta blow up teams, are here committed and focused on finding the next underrated star that can control the middle of the field. Just give me your general thoughts on what you saw from the tight end class. Um, it, it's, it's solid, not, you know, I thought it's just kind of a, a letdown through no fault of their own because we had a – we had the best tight end draft last year that I had seen probably since I've been doing this, which is a while. It was unbelievably deep. And there's still some there were still some good performances, but I think this is going to be one of those positions that once you get outside of, and it's not fair to everybody, but once you get outside of Brock Bowers, the excitement level's really gonna trail off for a lot of these guys. But um Theo Johnson was a guy yesterday who, I mean, everyone talked, all the scouts I talked to said, yeah, I was I was a little bit light on him with my grade, and they said, man, he's going to test now. He's going to test really well. He tested better than I could have ever expected. He's six foot six, 259 pounds. This guy ran a 4.57, which is faster than some of the cornerbacks ran, or faster than some of the safeties ran. There were plenty of safeties in a 4.6 range. This guy ran a 4.57, had a ver- vertical jump of 39 and a half, 
which is wide receiver vertical jump at two at, at 190 pounds. These guys are jumping 39 and a half. He's 260 jumping 39 and a half, and he had a broad at 10.5. So when I tell you that he tests like a freak and has plus plus size, Theo Johnson really, no matter what he put on tape, which was solid. It was solid. I didn't think it was great. It was solid. Mm-hmm. But now you look at all these numbers, Bucky, and you say, okay, did Penn State get the most out of them, or how much more is there left for us mm-hmm. to, to to take these freaky traits, and, and, and can he be a lot better than we saw at Penn State? You have to ask that question when you see numbers like this. Yeah, we see numbers like that. You absolutely have to ask that. And depending on the tight end coach in the room, uh, you don't see a lot of guys from from college come in as, as ready-made guys. So do you have a developmental guy and take that athleticism and talent and put it to really, really, really good use? That's going to be the million-dollar question, but he has all the things. I mean, he's a body-beautiful kid. We knew that coming in, the athleticism and stuff. He, we knew he was going to dazzle. Um, and then we'll just kind of kind of see what kind of see what happens. Yeah, and then, you know, the Devin Culp tied in. So he caught everyone's eye running a 4 four seven forty. But before you get too excited about that, he's 231 pounds. He's not an inline guy at all when I watched him. Um, you're basically talking, he's that new breed of, okay, we're basically dealing with a big, big receiver who can roll. He's 6'3", 231 pounds. So he can run, but we know he's not going to block. So how are we going to, what are we going to do? Can we use him? Because he's going to be a big receiver. Can he help us on teams at all? Um, can we match him up? With running a four four seven at 6'3", 230, you know, one of the problems he had was handling the fastballs from Michael Penix. The hands were a little slow to activate, but they also only used him in a lot of short stuff because of the the wide receivers they had. He's a guy that I think you could watch tape and say, you know what, there's still a lot for us to explore down the field, in the seam, running second and third level routes. I, he's one of those guys that's intriguing to me because you look at the size, you say, okay, big receiver, but we can match him up against smaller people. And at four four seven, we know he can roll. So maybe something where we can use a big guy down the field against smaller guys and get the matchup advantage. So you always have to be thinking about, you know, when you see a number pop like a four four seven forty, you always have to think, was there some way we can mismatch him? Because that's what tight on tight ends are a lot right now, is you want to find mismatch options. Yeah, you do want to find mismatch options. And so here's the guy that I thought was gonna be a mismatch option, Jatavian Sanders from Texas. And didn't necessarily work out like we thought he was going to work out, man. We thought he was going to be the guy that kind of like lit it up. Didn't yeah. really do those things. Turned into four no. six nine, not fast enough. But the, the the thing that you have to be careful of when you evaluate him, you can't get so caught up in the numbers that you ignore the tape. The tape I tells you something else, but yeah, the, the, I just know that when I see him, every I mean, you talk about the seam running specialist right there. He gets down the seam. He makes a bunch of things. Um, happen. I just think you have to be careful not to put too much stock into how he performed at the combine and go back and trust what you saw from him on tape because what you saw on tape was a really high-end player, a guy that probably comes off the board in the second round, but he may dazzle. Just like Sam Laporta was able to dazzle, this guy may also dazzle. What do you What do you make of, uh, I don't know how much you've had a chance to see uh, Ben Sennett from Kansas State. He's more of an H-back. He's Six foot, basically six four, uh, two fifty. So he's got tight end. He's got tight end size, but he's really more Frank Whitecheck, old school uh, H back. He's a guy that can that can line up for you all over the place. He'll do some lead blocking at Kansas State. He ran a four six eight, which is a good time. But 
He jumped 40 inches. Uh, his broad jump mm-hmm. was 10 six. Like once again, we're getting into that crazy territory of a 250 pound guy who's a really explosive athlete. Uh, my guess is when he ends up running, I don't know if he ran three cone. I'll, I don't have the data on that yet, but when we get mm-hmm. a three cone and, and short shuttle numbers, my guess is they're going to be really quick, great change of direction. I had a problem with him, Bucky, because I didn't have a great tape grade on him, but other people I respect liked it, liked him a lot more. I know Jim Nagy really liked him when he invited him to the Senior Bowl. Uh, he's one with these numbers. I have no choice, but I got to say, okay, I may have missed him. So let me go back and see if I missed him or if my opinion is just different. But he's one of those green light players where I say, okay, guess I got some tape watching to do when I get back from Indianapolis. When I get back to the humidity <laughs> of Houston, I guess I got to put that tape on again. Yeah, no, I think I think like those are the things, man. When that's the good thing about that's really the intent of the combine, right? The combine is supposed to it's supposed to make you go back to the tape, and so when you see these dazzling athletic performances, it's supposed to make you go back and be like, "Hey, man, do we have a, a good film evaluation on this player? Is he just a great athlete, or is he a player that maybe we just kind of missed?" Um, and that's what it's supposed to do. So when you talk about those kinds of things. Now I got to go back. That's what all front officers should do with some of these workout warriors. Hey, let's go back and look at the tape and make sure we didn't miss on somebody just because it might have been a bad day at the offense for a scout that was kind of running through and doing the school call. What's your? Do you have a favorite? I know we're getting ready to go, but what's your favorite? Do you have something that that you really look for with tight ends? Is there a is there a metric? Is there a, so, a number? Um, Look, it's it's not really a number because, like, I think what I've learned is, like, the guys who are the best athletes may not play that way. I think, for me, everything with tight end is how do they catch the ball in terms of, like, when they're going through the gauntlet drills and running routes and those things, and then how do they separate or what is their route running like? Because, man, we've seen guys who are not fast. Like, I played with a Hall of Famer, Antonio Gonzalez, who wasn't the fastest, fastest guy, but he was crafty. Antonio Gates was not the fastest guy, but he's going to be a future Hall of Famer uh, and and he found a way to consistently put the ball in the paint. Look at Gronk, and even look at George Kittle. They yeah. haven't been the fastest guys. They, they, there's just a, a craftiness to them, Travis Kelsey. So I don't think it's like the super athlete that does it. I think what you have to do is just look at the guy who kind of has a feel and flow for snagging passes, and the ball is just it's easy for him to bring in. Those are the guys that are the ones that are the hardest to, to guard. So – I think it's the hand-eye coordination as they're going through like the gauntlet and those things and just how easy the game is for them when it comes to the ball skills and running routes. I, you know, I want to bring this up. It's something really interesting that I read that, that really stuck with me. And it was about Travis Kelsey and why Travis Kelsey's always open and how he gets open. And there is a former, uh, there's a defensive back. I was listening to him on a podcast, I think it was, and he was talking about the fact that, so he's like a basketball player. So route runners, you know, we talked about a DB, uh, about a wide receiver yesterday, I think, on our on our set, and we were talking about this guy's crafty, can get open. I think it may have been Malik Washington I, from from Virginia. I don't know, but the idea was okay. At some point, you got to learn leverage. You got to learn, you know, the, you got to fine tune your route running and at sharp angles, and it becomes a game of geometry. But with Travis Kelsey, because he's got a quarterback with the playmaking mentality, and Travis has playmaking mentality. He goes off script with his route. So the DB was saying, even if you think you've got him guarded because you know what the route is, he just changes the route. Like he just goes into basketball mode and he was going to go over that pick. He says, you know what? I see you overplaying the pick. I'm going to come up under the pick 
And you got a point guard that has John Stockton vision and Magic Johnson vision mm-hmm. in Patrick Mahomes. And it really made sense because I'm always thinking, how is how is Kelsey getting this open all the time? It doesn't make sense. And when I heard that, when I heard that explanation, I realized, okay, these are like the two guys you're playing, you're playing two on two, half court, and these two jokers mm-hmm. know each other's game so well that you're gonna get your handed to you with all that backdoor Princeton backdoor cut oh, stuff they're gonna yeah, do they're doing, the giving goes and all, all that's what they've got <laughs> yeah. they're like the two guys in the gym that know each other's game and you're in a lot of trouble yeah, that's funny that you said that because that's exactly what I believe those guys do it, it is sandlot like nobody's business and there's just a feel and a flow to it uh, the chemistry because you can read the body language and that's oh he's breaking out because he gave me that little nod I know that's what's coming that's the thing and I think it's part of the reason why these basketball players have succeeded in making the transition so often from playing on the hardwood to then playing tied in and having success in the National Football League. It's just a feel and a flow to it that can't really be explained. It can't really be evaluated by the numbers. You just kind of know it when you see it. Yeah. Well, that was uh, my look at tight ends. It's not going to be as deep this year. It's guys like Cade Stover I liked that did a nice job. I mm-hmm. thought they all caught the ball um, really well. It's not sexy like last year, but – you still got some starters in there, and then you got some guys like Theo Johnson who have pushed himself, and Ben Sennett, who the considerations go even higher. And now you've got some question marks on just a couple of players, I think, who you got to go back and check because they ran a little bit slower. But all in all, I thought the tight end group did a good job of of, of coming in and being who they are. And I think we're going to see mostly depth type players in general yeah. from this class, but that's important too. I mean, you got to have quality yeah. depth. You got to have guys that can step in and get starts when you need it. Yeah, I think what you're talking about is like a bunch of mid round guys. And, and to me, the mid round is like, hey, look, bottom of the second to the top of the, the fifth. You can see a bunch of these guys here, their name call. Uh, you're right about Sinet from Kansas State kind of showing up. He was outstanding. The vertical and the broad jump really uh, stood out. And at 6'4, 250, uh, being able to be used as a, an H back, he has a chance. Uh, to be one of those guys that we talked about being a, a, a high-value selection in those mid-rounds. Well, that's it for me, Buck. Cool, cool. I'm ready to get to day three now. Hey, man, well, let's get to day three. So, you guys, make sure we'll be back with one more recap podcast tomorrow. We'll break down the quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs who worked out today. Um, so, make sure you tune in. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com slash iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home too? The place to do it is errands. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime. 
or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at errands. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.